that there is a hotter topic in America today than the sanctity of the family. And in that, I want to challenge us in regard to what that means and what that looks like. So I have a video that shifts gears entirely to present to you a children's game called What Time Is It, Mr. Fox? How many of you are familiar with What Time Is It, Mr. Fox? Where do the rest of you live on this planet? What time is it, Mr. Fox? Now, the video was too long. This is how much our world has changed. And I mentioned to my wife, it's too long to use. And she looked at my, my granddaughter, 10 years old, looked at me like I had a third eye in my forehead and said, Poppy, just download it and edit it. <laughs> so that's what I did. Enjoy the video. Give it up for Mr. Fox. What time is it, Mr. Fox? Why would I choose such a silly um, title? Well, the Bible tells us in Song of Solomon, as the story is told of love and relationship, that it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the big foxes that you can see running between the aisles of vines, but the small ones that will jump through the vines while the blossoms are tender, knocking them off. That if we want to maintain relationship and we want to maintain family, we need to look at some of the little foxes that cause our relationships to disintegrate. What time is it, Mr. Fox, is a question that I want us to ask and answer over the next few weeks. And where this really um, started was with my daughter, Tiffany, and her husband, Jeremy. We're out camping a couple of weeks ago, and we went out there to spend a little time with them. And there was a, 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 a boy at the campsite over that, that Jotham was running around with. And I learned something about Jotham that I didn't know. If he doesn't know someone's name, he just calls them friend. Hey, friend, do you want to play? I'm going to have him preach next Sunday. <laughs> he doesn't call them stranger. He doesn't call them different. He calls them friend. There's a good lesson there. But after they'd played a while, they called Jotham in and put the toys away, and the little boy wandered over, and they said, he said, well, what are you going to do? And 
they said, well, we're going to have family time. Every night we have family time together, wherever we are. And he said, well, what is family time? So they described what family time was. And when they described just being together as a family and sharing life together and connecting together, he said, can I come? I think there is something incredibly attractive in this confused, upside-down world that has no idea what family looks like. I think there is something incredibly attractive about a family that is healthy and marked by biblical values. I believe the world is attracted to a family that loves each other. I believe the world is attracted to a family that has problems. But in those problems have a commitment to endure. There's something attractive about the sustainable biblical family unit. And that's what I want us to explore for a few minutes this morning is family time. What does family time look like? What does that even mean? What is a family? Now, I know that we could talk about family as a church structure, and we are family. And we talk about family fun days. We are the family of God, and we are family together. Hello, hello, hello. That's who we should be. But there's also a unique place for the institution of family that was ordained by God in the creation of this planet. The first institution ordained by God was family. And you say, well, I'm all alone. My parents have died. I have no extended family. I understand that some people are alone, but you can build family and family relationships because we are not designed to be alone. We're designed to be in community. And the building block of that community is the family structure and the home. BibleTools.org says the family is a building block or unit of society. Thus, stability of community depends on the stability of families that comprise it. Listen to this. All stable, enduring societies cherish one man, one woman, lifelong bond of marriage. Rome, for instance, flourished during its centuries as a republic due to its tenacious grip on what had become known as the traditional family. It was renowned for its total lack of divorce throughout that period. But Rome's slow decline can be traced to the time when divorce became easy, when promiscuity became open and began to cheapen the marriage covenant's worth. When you destroy the sanctity of the nuclear family, everything else begins to crumble because that's the building block of our culture. So what time is it, Mr. Fox? What does that look like this morning? I'm telling you, it's family time. Amen, Pastor Preach, I'm with you. I said it's family time. It's family time. In order for you to have family time, you have to make time for your family. And we are busy, busier probably than we've ever been. And if you value something, you'll make time for it. This is another message, but I'll tell you, I learned something in my years of ministry that was taught to me by the first pastor I served under. He said two things were true. Number one, people have money for what they want to do. Come on, people have money for what they want to do. 
If you want to go on vacation and you want to go somewhere bad enough, you'll find the money to do it. And if you believe in a lost world that it's on its way to hell, you'll find money for missions. If you believe that we need to reach this world around us, you'll find money to tithe. Hallelujah, glory to God and the Lamb forever. Is anyone in the house right now? You'll find people have money for what they want to do and people have time for what they value. You make time for what you value. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, anyone who does not provide for his own and especially those of his own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. To provide for your family means to invest in your family. And that word provide means to see beforehand, to provide for the future, to know ahead of time what you need to do. It's more than just meeting daily needs. It's having a vision for your family and planning that their needs will be met and cared for. Several years ago when Simeon was 11, he was at our house and he asked me to take him fishing. It was uh, it was late afternoon. And I said to Simeon, um, we, need to, we need to plan ahead to do that. I just have a lot of things I have to do. We need to plan ahead. And he said, how about tonight? I said, well, I can't. I said, we need to plan ahead. He said, that is ahead. <laughs> it's not now. It's ahead. And I felt really rebuked by God that there are times that we need to make time for things that may not be on the top of your challenging list of adventures and challenges and accomplishments for the day. But what is more important than taking time to provide for and invest in your family and the biggest investment you will make in your family will be the investment of time. Do not, do not tell me that I give them quality time, not quantity time. I'm gonna tell you from a child's perspective, because I think like one. No, I'm gonna tell you from a child's perspective, there is no quality time without quantity time. You have to have time spent together. I'm absolutely convinced that if you want to pray with your family, you need to spend time playing with your family and you can only play with your family when you spend time with your family. If you want to nurture your family in the things of God, you have to spend time with them enough that you can play with them. And if you invest time with them and play with them, you'll earn the right to pray with them. Life will change on that basis. Leo Tolstoy's book, Anna Karenina, says this about time and families. Happy families are all alike, but every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. In other words, in order to be happy, a family must be successful on each and every range of criteria. Failure on only one of those counts leads to unhappiness. Now, I think that's a bit negative and maybe over the mark, but it does illustrate that happy families don't happen on their own. They don't happen naturally. They happen with intentionality and with purpose. Investing time. Read an article that I don't have time this morning to go into details, but it gave 13 tips to increase your family happiness and health. And let me just read those to you. Create cuddle time. 
I read a post this morning of uh, a friend of ours, young friend of ours, and her two boys were cuddling with her early in the morning, and she got a picture of them cuddling, and she said, this was just so beautiful, but I couldn't do it very long. They both had morning breath. <laughs> Create some cuddle time. Sing together. Stay together. I have a little thing I do with our grandson, Jotham, when he comes over. We make poppy toast, and I sing a song to him. And now that he's not coming over because school is out, he said to me, he hates my singing. He hates me to sing to him. But he was at our house, and he said, Poppy, can we have uh, poppy toast? And it was in the afternoon. Sure, we can have poppy toast. Do you want me to sing to you? Yes. So I started to sing, happy, happy toast day. And as I sang, he went, oh. There are bonds that are created, cuddle together, sing together, stay together, make room for fun, exercise together, that's optional. <laughs> Create healthy habits, cook together, reward good behavior. Read and write together, go one-on-one, -on -one. have routines, appreciate each other. Remember, sorry isn't enough. When one of your children has hurt feelings or hurts the feelings of a sibling, you've got to find a way to knit that together. And one of the best stories I've ever heard of that was Norm Winnick and his sons and how many know that boys are wired to fight each other. Come on, how do you, you know, I've watched boys stand out here shoving each other down. If girls have resorted to that, there's a fight going on. If boys are doing it, it's normal interaction. And when his, when his sons would get into a fight and just blabbering at each other, he would get one t-shirt, put the t-shirt over both of them facing each other. And they would have to say, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity and would make them do that till they started to laugh. And there's a bond for them together today because of that stupid t-shirt discipline. <laughs> Prioritize your marriage. Make your marriage important. Playing together builds strong bonds and warm memories and we could go on, on with that. We talk about it in the kingdom, think about this, we talk about it in the kingdom that we need to invest time, treasure, and talent, right? If you're gonna be a disciple of Jesus, it requires that you give. What do you need to give? You need to give time to serve Jesus. You need to give your talents to serve Jesus, and you need to give your treasure to serve Jesus. And I thought, why are we only saying that about the church? Why aren't we saying that about the family? If I want my family to be strong, I need to invest my talents into my family. I need, to, I need to invest my time into my family, and I need to invest my treasure in my family just as much as I do in the kingdom. If you want a healthy family, you need to invest. You need to invest time, treasure, and talent in your family. Number two, you need to talk to your family. You need to talk to your family. We use this verse in infant dedication over and over again. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments that I give to you are to be upon your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Communication is essential. A marriage cannot prosper without regular, healthy communication. And your relationship in your family can't survive if you don't talk 
to each other. Think about what God commanded that they do in regard to the truths of the word of God. Talk about them when you sit. Talk about them when you walk. Talk about them when you go to bed. Talk about them when you get up. Talk about the things that you value. Talk about it in your home and in everything you do. There ought to be an ongoing communication. Now, I'm going to say something that might be a bit controversial. When I was younger, family devotions, family altar were primary. You got to do this, got to do this, got to do this. Got to be a time where you all sit together, read the Bible and pray. Do you believe in that? Yeah, I do. I think it's a good thing. But I'm telling you, you're wasting your time with family altar if you don't talk about Jesus when you get up. You're wasting your time with family altar if you don't talk about Jesus when you walk. If you don't talk about him when you sit down. If you don't talk about him when you go to bed. It's not a religious form that we do our religious duty. It is immersing our lifestyle in our family relationships. And the only way to do that is to talk to each other and to talk about the things of God. Faith must be incorporated into every aspect of our lives. Not only are you to talk about it, faith needs to be on your hands, everything you do, on your head, everything you think, on your house, where you live, and on your gates, and your coming and going. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians that we ought to speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, making melody in our heart to the Lord. If you want a strong family, be filled with the Spirit, and in doing that, you're going to speak to one another by singing the songs of the kingdom in one way or another. My dad couldn't sing a song, couldn't carry a tune if you welded it to his chest. But you know what some of my favorite memories are? We'd be walking through the grocery store. Now this isn't right, I know. But my dad regularly would sample the grapes. Walk by produce, that's a crime, you're a thief, I get all that. Don't come to me and send me cards and letters. But he walked by and he'd grab a couple grapes and eat them. And then he'd start to sing, you are my sunshine, my only sunshine. And it was horrible and I was embarrassed. But I loved every minute of it. Because there was something being communicated. Is anyone hearing me this morning? You need to talk to your family. You need to talk to your kids. You need to let them hear what things matter to you. And let me encourage you to talk to one another, not at one another. If all you do is talk at your kids, you're missing the primary form of communication to talk to your kids. It needs to be more than take out the trash, walk the dog, mow the yard, do the chores. There needs to be a talking with them. If we're going to make time for family, we have to invest in our family. If we're going to make time for family, we need to take time to talk to our family. And last, if we're going to invest in family, we need to learn how to bear with our family. <laughs> I know that I am really easy to get along with. If you can't get along with me, you can't get along with anybody. But the rest of you are more difficult. Therefore, as God's chosen people, if you're God's chosen people, hold up your hand. The rest of you come to the altar right now, we're going to bring you into the family. God's chosen people, raise your hand. All right. Holy, dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you have against each other. Forgive us, Lord, forgiving you. People, 
can be a pain. Well, that was strong. Where did that? I think there's a story to tell over here somewhere. I'd love to hear that story. How many know that people can be a pain? Not the person beside you, but that person that's sitting right in front of you. People can be a pain. Not everybody's going to do the right thing. Not everybody's going to jump through your hoops. Not everybody is going to smile and shake your hand. Not everybody's going to be nice all the time. How do you know that? Because you're not. And I'm not either. Here's what the key is for the church. To be a spirit-filled, anointed place of worship. You ready? You should write this down. Here's the secret. We have to learn how to put up with each other. You know what families need to do? You need to learn to put up with each other. How many parents in the room? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay, put your hand back down and answer this question. Have there been days in your parenting journey you have always loved your kids and some days you have not liked them? Wow, that's, that's the best response I've gotten to anything. Some, day, some days are not fun. And by the way, if you're parenting teenagers, and I, I'm winding this up, so don't, don't get nervous. You all have time for your food. If you have teenagers, something happens to them at about 13. I'm absolutely convinced, 13, any 13-year-olds 13 in the room? I'm sorry, I'm, I don't mean this. I'm joking. I'm not picking. I'm just joking, kind of. I think teenagers should not be qualified as humans. <laughs> they become something else. And then they come back to planet Earth at about 30. <laughs> so mom and dad, listen to me carefully. If <laughs> during their, listen to me. If during their teen years, you're expecting to get your affirmation and your upbuilding and your edification from your teenagers, forget it. You built wrong. They're not there to edify you. They're not there to be your friends. You're there to disciple them through the most difficult days of their lives when everything is changing in ways they don't understand. And some days you have to love them and that means just putting up with them. Bearing with them. My wife regularly has to put up with me. I know that, and that's why I put up with her. Because there are days where you bear with one another. We jokingly will say to each other, my, my sister in Maine has a little girl, when she was a little girl, she's grown as her own kids now, but she's just a little girl, and while they're in line at a supermarket, they had those little mini Etch-a-Sketches. Anybody remember Etch-a-Sketch? Had this little mini Etch-a-Sketch. And she just thought, I want to get this for my daughter. So she, she pulled it down and gave it to her. said, I'm going to get this for you. And in front of God and everybody right there in the supermarket, she looked at her mother and said out loud, why are you being so nice to me? <laughs> so on some days, my wife will say to me, why are you being so nice to me? 
or I'll say to her, why are you being so nice to me? There are times that you just need to be nice when it doesn't feel like being nice. Come on, is there somewhere in the house that I think there is something attractive about families that know how to bear with each other and put up with the difficulties with a commitment that we're not casting it aside because it's tough. We're gonna keep working at it till it gets better. That'd be a good place to clap. Conflict in the home. I want you to hear me. Conflict in the home should be governed by hope. Conflict in the home should be governed by hope. We will get through this. And when mom and dad are governed by hope in the midst of conflict, not by despair, they will create an atmosphere that can move forward. And I know, hear me clearly, I know some of you have been through terrible, terrible tragedies and family situations that have come up that have cost you in ways that you don't want, didn't want to pay, and my heart goes out to you, and I'm sorry for that, and I pray for you that God will heal you and bind you up and put you in a healthy context, but regardless of what your past has been, do you know what my kids need to know? I said to my son recently, we have some disagreements, And he was sitting at my supper table. He's out on his own now. And I said, I want you to know that whatever you do, wherever you go, whatever happens to you, you will always have a seat at my table. So doesn't matter what has happened in your household, you can begin from today forward to build an atmosphere of hope that we will hit some storms. Some of the children will be really, really difficult. They're gonna disappoint you and go ways that you don't plan on. But what you can do as a parent, if family matters, is build an atmosphere of hope. And if you have shipwrecked in one area and you can't repair that, I get that, I'm sorry. I pray for you, but in, in the stewardship that you currently have, come on in the stewardship that you currently have in the midst of conflict, it should be bathed in hope. We will get through this. What time is it, Mr. Fox? It's family time. It's family time. And some of your friends would like to see that. And when they see that, they'll wanna come to that. And what is that? How can we do that? Only one way. You're not strong enough, you're not good enough. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Godly family time or time for family is attractive to people in a broken world. I didn't have hope. It was one thing when my parents divorced. It was another thing when I lost hope of my relationship with them because what they went through colored everything else and it affected my relationship to them. And I lost hope that I would ever have a relationship with either one of my parents. Hear me, your kids matter. Conflict should be bathed in hope. Is there anyone in the house? Conflict should be bathed in hope. What time is it, Mr. Fox? 
It's family time. It's time to say, I'm sorry, forgive me for this, but it's time to say in a world that's bringing transvestites in to read to our children, to say we believe in one man, one woman committed in marriage, the nuclear family is the biblical order and we're gonna champion that. And don't shout family values if you don't value your family. Don't shout family values if your family isn't attractive in drawing others into the kingdom. And the attractiveness isn't perfection, the attractiveness is endurance. We'll make it work. So let's stand together. It's family time. I know it went a little bit long. Food will still be there. And I'm just gonna pray for you and for us. And that's that our summer family fun days can, parents, can I ask you something? Make sure you do something with your kids out there. Yes. Not just send them away while you eat ice cream. Let's spend time. Jesus, thank you for your love and your grace. Thank you for the privilege we have to know you and serve you. And let the world know when they come to Berean Church, it's family time. In your name and everyone that loves him said amen. If you love Jesus, let me hear your hands this morning. Amen. God bless you. Go out to the parking lot, have some food and fun and fellowship together. God bless.